Welcome to On The Mark, a podcast series that explores the effect on various businesses of the COVID pandemic and how companies have adapted to survive and thrive during these difficult times and how some of those changes may go beyond the pandemic period. I'm your host, Howard, Howard Mark Rubin, and this podcast series came about as a result of my realization that as a practicing partner in the law firm of Getz Fitzpatrick, where I represented businesses as an advisor and corporate attorneys in a vast amount of different industries for over 30 years, that this pandemic, more than anything else in the history of, of my practice of law, has permanently changed the way many businesses have operated and will operate in the future. It has such a diverse effect on industries and the people who work in those industries that I thought it was important to address what's the reality, what's the fiction, and what's the future for some of these industries. Sponsoring this series of podcasts is the Strategic Forum, which was founded in 1999 in New York City and expanded in 2004 to South Florida. It is an organization consisting of CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business leaders who believe in forming deep business and personal relationships based on mutual respect and trust and continual learning and intellectual enrichment. Today we have some uh, exciting guests from the Good Kind Group. Uh, the Good Kind Group is a one of the leading staffing organizations in New York, and uh, we have on the line the uh, I guess he'd be the founder. He's the president, but I think he's also the founder of the uh, the Good Kind Group, Peter Goodkind, and another partner in the group, Anthony Ayakulo. I made sure I pronounced that name right because I didn't want him to get angry at me. And uh, we're going to talk to them about uh, businesses in New York that they staff people and how those businesses have uh, been affected and what they look at and then what they look at. And also a little about the staffing business itself and how it's been affected by the COVID uh, uh, crisis. Uh, Peter, Anthony, uh, welcome to uh, On The Mark. Thank you, Howard. It's Peter Good morning, Howard. Morning. And uh, so first, let me ask, Unemployment in uh, in the country because of this pandemic has uh, skyrocketed. So I assume there's a lot of people looking for jobs, and you're in the business of placing people, but you're looking at people in particular industries. Have you found that the unemployment uh, level in in in, the, in New York and in the country has made your job easier or harder? Uh, Peter, why don't you answer that? Okay. So. Uh uh, firstly, Howard, if you don't mind, I'd like to just say a little, few words about what we're about, um, okay, sure. so people understand. Sure. Okay, great. So we're we are a contingency staffing firm, just like you said, uh, which means that basically we all the work that we do is 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 paid for after we've had success. So unlike a retained firm, which charges money and then makes and then finds the person. We actually uh, only charge fees after we've succeeded in placing people. We have uh, offices in, uh, we do have our main headquarters in New York City. We have an office in Long Island, uh, New Jersey, uh, uh, and a brand new office in Miami, Florida. Um, our disciplines, because there, there are several and many disciplines here uh, cross, crossing into each other and helping each other, uh, our accounting and finance, administrative support, uh, architecture and engineering, 
construction, digital media, education, financial services, healthcare, hospitality, human resources, information technology, legal services, managed review, restructuring and turnaround, sales and business development, and supply chain logistics and operations. So that's a mouthful, but I wanted people to know the areas of expertise here that we cover. Well, let me let me ask Anthony then, uh, because there's a there's been a different effect on a lot of those industries, particularly uh, Peter mentioned the hospitality industry, which has been devastated, I think, by this pandemic, and other industries, maybe like the uh, the legal industry, which have not been as uh, impacted in terms of uh, employment. Uh, Anthony, where do you see uh, the unemployment levels now? Have that been a help or a hindrance to your uh, staffing uh, abilities? Yeah, thanks, Howard. So, yeah, I, I think you're right on the mark with that. I, I think in the professional uh, positions, such as finance, legal, um, information technology, those type of things, you're, it hasn't really been a drastic effect. Um, most of the unemployment has been around the hospitality, uh, but also administrative support. You know, uh, companies don't need receptionists right now. Uh, there's a lot of different administrative, our administrative division, uh, which really was our backbone on our temporary services, has really taken a significant drop off. We were fortunate to pivot and had to pivot just like our hospitality division and try to be creative and do other things. Um, what our hospitality did was, uh, obviously that's the biggest hit. They started, fortunately we had great relationships, but instead of doing front end and back end to the to the kitchen and uh, wait staff, we are now involved in cleaning. Uh, we are now, for a while, we were doing drivers for um, one of our clients that had a contract with the city to deliver food to the first responders and, and, and what have you. Our administrative division really uh, moved into healthcare and both clinical and non-clinical. Um, there's so much going on at the hospitals and different healthcare organizations, that's really where we did a pivot. But in terms of the other, other industries or career professions, we really haven't seen that much of a hit from an unemployment standpoint. Um, our businesses have slowed down in terms of volume um, for us doing searches on a direct hire level, but I would say it's not because the jobs aren't there. I just think the process is taking longer. I think there's a lack of sense of urgency on companies. I know there's a big debate about people working virtual. Peter and I are, are not big virtual guys. Uh, we've I've been in the office every single day, whether it's been in our New Jersey office or New York office, every single day except for the Monday when they closed down the city back in March. Um, I was the only one in our New Jersey office for two and a half months before we opened up New York. Um, we could just see that the process is taking so much longer. The other thing we're seeing with the professional people um, we've had more turndown than, uh, than we've seen in a long time. And I think that's because a gainfully employed person um, doesn't really have to invest that much time in terms of interview right now. Howard, if you were looking for an attorney and you, and you asked me, get me some people, I can get people that don't have to make an excuse to come and meet you in person now. He could literally be in his course and just put on a shirt and tie with a jacket and sit in front of his computer or even a phone call and invest 45 minutes to 60 minutes. So there's there's not really skin in the game there. 
And and then when push comes to shove, does that person really want to move away from the devil he knows versus the devil he does know? So we're seeing a lot of that, which is making things harder. And this is not just from us. Um, speaking to some high-level organizations and clients that we work with, they, they said no doubt. And we, we're all on the same page where we're saying that they don't have the skin in the game. If I had to get you someone to interview a year ago, Howard, that person's going to have to make time and an effort to come to your office and sit down with you and your partners and maybe more than, you know, two times, maybe three times. They don't have to do that anymore. So now you have an ultra-passive person looking at jobs, which is making it that much harder. And, and let me ask you, I don't know, uh, I'll ask both of you this question. In terms of uh, the virtual, uh, I understand the interviewing process is a lot easier because uh, most of the interviews are, are virtual these days. But are employers, uh, and I'm sure it's different for different industries, are employers uh, accepting employees who want to work mostly virtually? Uh, it used to be in, in law firms, and I know in accounting firms, they wanted people in the office. But a lot of the employees, so really, they, they want, uh, they, they, for whatever reason, either they have to or they want to stay at home. Peter, what do you think of that? It really depends on the, um, it really depends on the expertise what areas you're talking about. For example, uh, today in a very competitive information technology area, you know, they are, they are now really open to that and basically asking us to find people, doesn't matter where they are in the country. Uh, now that would be kind of an occasional thing uh, before all this, uh, you know, they would be open to one day a week off or, you know, from home or maybe a couple, but uh, today, at least as of now, uh, you know, they, they'll, they'll take talent from wherever it is and allow the person to be home. Uh, in other areas, that's not the case. So you're bringing up a really, really, really good point. It's an area that Anthony and I constantly battle back and forth on and what's ahead. You know, what's going to happen to the culture? You know, are, are, are employers going to be able to have a grip on their employees? And, and, and I say, uh, really, uh, Howard, I really believe that they're gonna, this is going to reverse. They're going to bring people back uh, because just for this reason. You're, you're going to lose culture. You're going to lose the managers. are going to lose a grip on their employees if, if they allow this to, to, to continue. So maybe the housewife or the person who's having a child uh, some, something like that. It's going to be a, a lot more flexible and doable for that person. Uh, but, uh, but I believe there'll be a reverse in this trend. But again, we're in the dark and we don't know. And that's one of the problems that we have right now. We don't know what we're really where this is headed. And Anthony, let me ask you, uh, in terms of compensation, are uh, employers trying to pay less for people who are coming to the office with the theory that, well, they have less transportation costs, they have less, uh, uh, transportation time, uh, to commuting time to get to the office. Uh, how has it affected the compensation that employers are paying? Now, I, I know when I ask you these questions, it's uh, there's different industries. You you have a wide uh, breadth of industries, but try to break it down and, and tell me how it's affecting uh, compensation. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, well, first of all, candidates always have unrealistic expectations. They, they all believe whenever they make a move, uh, they should get a 20 to 30 percent. I don't know where that number came from. It's not, it's not realistic. And I know nowadays you could get away with it since they are no longer able to ask what their current compensation is. 
Um, but I think there's a number in most candidates who are very passive. They use the word compelling. For, for me to make a move, it has to be compelling. And I think that number is somewhere between 20 and 30%. Now, you know, company A, company B, myself, we don't know exactly what they're making. We can have an idea. And those ranges really vary. But I do think that companies are being a little bit more frugal on their offers. And I think they're looking at it that way. I still run a full desk. Um, I'm still very much involved with clients every single day. Um, 90, I, actually, I would say 100% of my clients are making sure as, as long as, you know, they don't know when they're coming back to the office, but they want somebody in the area. I can't get somebody from California right now who, who wants to work for uh, one of my clients and has no intentions. I did place one individual who, who was um, back in August, who was residing in Atlanta, he wanted to move up to New York. Um, they were a little worried about making him the offer because they weren't sure if it was just one of these things where um, he's just saying it because of the COVID. He was totally looking forward to it. He, was, he, he convinced them that that was, that was the case. They actually gave him some assistance to move up this way as long as he did it before November, which he did. Um, but to answer that, that main question you had, I do think companies are trying to take into effect um, about the, 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 the lack of cost, but their whole intention is to come back to the office. To what capacity is the million-dollar question? Are they going to be going on a hybrid situation, which I think is going to happen for most, for a lot of firms, not most, but a lot of them. I do think that you are going to see, I think the five-day work week into the city, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I know Peter and I debate this all the time. I'm actually, I believe it should be. I believe the reasons why Peter thinks culture is so important. But I think the longer this continues this way, the easier that transition is. And I do think prior to COVID, there was a kind of move where people were trying to work from home one or two days a week. So I don't think you're going to see 90% uh, of the people work a five-day work week anymore in the office. Interesting. Uh, Peter, let me ask you, the, um, through technology, uh, people are going on LinkedIn more and Indeed, and uh, these are all sites that uh, provide uh, job uh, listings. Uh, how do you distinguish, how does a good kind group distinguish itself, and why should, why should the potential uh, employees or employers go to you rather than uh, use an Indeed or a LinkedIn to, uh, for their placement needs? What do you offer that they don't? That's a great question, Howard. We laugh about that all the time in our business uh, because this goes back to monster.com and when the New York Times would place ads. And, uh, and if you remember, there was an employment section. And why, wouldn't, why did they still continue to come to us? And the reason is, is that uh, it is so time consuming to cut through everything. Uh, and it is still extremely valuable to have a partner like us uh, uh, be able to send in, uh, you know, very targeted uh, people in, in a very short period of time. Um, that's number one. That's in the search business. And then in the temp business, of course, the people are on our payroll. We take all the liability away. There are employees, and so it makes perfect sense for them to come to us uh, for temporary employment. That, that's really uh, 
you know, makes 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 the absolute sense uh, for for employers to go through a firm like ours. And and Anthony, let me ask you, um, where do you see the greatest growth areas in uh, in your uh, staffing uh, practice? Which which industries do you think are going to have the most uh, growth, and which industries do you think they're going to contract because of technology or, or other uh, you know other issues that that come about? Well, when Peter and I, um, <clears throat> excuse me, when Peter and I uh, re- re- rebooted the Good Kind Group back in 2013, uh, we talked about. I, I was a, I was very much in many strategic meetings saying we got to get healthcare, we got to get healthcare. And at the time, it was really about nurses uh, because we saw our industry. I knew people in our industry who were doing nurses, and it was it was crazy. There was not enough nurses out there, and what have you. You know, the fact that we had made such a pivot over the last nine, 10 months into the healthcare sector, it's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you hear it every, every day, everywhere, healthcare, healthcare, healthcare. That is definitely number one, and technology. Um, those are the industries that we're seeing the biggest growth in. Those are the professions we're seeing the most growth in. Um, I think insurance as well. Uh, it's always, I, I work with some insurance companies and, they haven't been if I, if I could just if I could step in, I'm sorry to interrupt sure. on the healthcare. Um, uh, it's interesting because in healthcare on the temporary side and temporary staffing, that is where the volume is tremendous. But in talking to our permanent uh, healthcare division that does searches for doctors, physicians, um, social workers, uh, and 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 the more you know the more senior uh, searches in healthcare. They're a little slower because what they say is, is that everything is so COVID driven right now. The budgets are all going into anything COVID. So everything else is taking a back seat and that's slowing down the permanent search business in healthcare. But it really where the healthcare is, is in this emergency temporary person that needs to be plugged in. The volume is off the charts, obviously with uh, everything that's going on. Uh, so I just wanted to add that. And, and do you the, uh, do you see um, yeah. do you see the economy uh, going forward having people have more uh, part time jobs uh, rather than an employer hiring people for specific tasks uh, as you do in your temporary divisions, or do you see uh, changes in how uh, employers are hiring? In other words, in terms of part-time or full-time in terms of how many hours they're expecting. Uh, do you see any change in that in these industries? Anthony? Uh, I think it really depends until we, what happens to New York City. I think, you know, we always talk about New York City as the center of the world. It's definitely the driving engine of our country. Um, it, it's, you know, I think, you know, until we understand it, I think it's going to take some very, you know, um, Big leaders like a Jamie Dimon or Michael Bloomberg, uh, you know, to really, I, I think there has to be this coalition of, of CEOs in the city to really get together and, and, and get on the same page about how they, how they see it looking forward. Um, I think for some of the lower level positions, you're going to get part time. I think you've, you're going to see that, especially if there's a federal um, mandate in uh, minimum wage, um, you know. Some areas of the country just can't pay $15 an hour 
for the average employee. There's no way. I mean, you can't have the same uh, minimum wage in New York that you that you would do it in in uh, anywhere outside this major metropolitan city. But I think in order for us to see employment just really take off, I believe in uh, and for us to see the industries come back, like hospitality, restaurants, bars, theater, it's going to take the the CEOs of the Jamie Diamonds of the world and the Michael Bloomberg's very well-respected figures who are respected by everybody to make decisions and be the leader and saying, you know what, we are coming back to work on July 1 or June 1st, whatever that date is, this is the way it's going to look like, and I think everybody else will follow. And until that time, I think it's going to be very, very difficult to really forecast and get a good pulse what's going to happen from from every industry, especially those on the lower end, because they are they feed off of people. You look at the the bars and the restaurants. I mean, who's going to them? There's no one at work going to bars together. They're not even allowed to go inside these places because of the restrictions right now. So I, I I'm a big I'd like to see people like that, you know, really make some major decisions and and getting together with our politicians to to really move forward on this. And, and Peter, on the same vein, I, I wanted to ask you. Uh, People are talking about, as Anthony uh, mentioned, that a lot of businesses are finding we don't have to be in New York anymore. If we can go somewhere else, there'll be lower rent. Uh, it's warmer. Uh, the taxes are much lower. And you see an exodus, or there's a, a perception that there's an exodus from New York of, uh, of jobs uh, because things like securities firms and, and firms that don't have Lawyers have to be in New York because they're licensed in New York and maybe accountants. But a lot of businesses, they don't have to be New York-centric. Uh, a, 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 a Morgan Stanley doesn't have to be in New York. Morgan Stanley can move anywhere in a lot of these companies. Do you see the exodus from New York to the, uh, I'll call it the Sun Belt, or the lower tax states being uh, a trend that's going to continue and that uh, New York is not going to be the headquarters for the highly skilled workers as it has been for so long? Absolutely. We're seeing it. Um, I can tell you, though, that, you know, for example, Morgan Stanley moving a lot of their information technology to Georgia. Uh, and we've been following this for years. The financial firms have been going south uh, and we follow them and we place people all over the country. So uh, it doesn't really matter for us. Uh, uh, and we're opening offices uh rapidly uh, following them as well. So we can be more local to some of the uh, some of the areas like North Carolina and Florida. Uh, but but the, the real issue is, is in talking to the heads of recruiting, it is very hard to get talent. And many of these places have to train young people and set up training programs. They are not getting the same talent. They're, they're very handcuffed uh, by the decisions by the company. And, and frustrated that uh, that personnel is not number one uh, on the list, uh, and uh, so we we've seen that, and 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 it's very difficult for them to get the talent, and so therefore it still makes us a valuable resource because now they need us even more to find the talent. And Anthony, what do you think is the main driver of that? Do you think it's taxes, or is it uh, a better lifestyle, or just a realization that? Uh, you don't have to be in New York anymore. What do you think is, is the main driver of this uh, exodus? 
Well, as Peter mentioned, we've been seeing this for years. This is this has been going on for 20 years, just not as much of a mass exodus as it is right now. Um, there's been firms, but every financial firm has cheaper locations to put, I guess, more of the back office functions, whether it's in Nashville, whether it's in Charlotte, uh, whether it's in uh, Jacksonville, Tampa, you name it. Uh, that's been going on for years. I think the max exodus right now is, yeah, I do think it's tax driven. I, I do think a lot of it is expenses. I mean, look, look what it costs for real estate in New York City versus somewhere else. I mean, we see the difference between our office rent in New York City versus here in central New Jersey and out in Melville, Long Island. I mean, it's, it's mind boggling, you know. Um, I think that's part of it. Uh, I do think there's a lot of great universities um, in these locales that they go. So they recruit there. I remember years ago, about 10 years ago, uh, City was moving a lot of positions to Columbus, Ohio. Uh, one of the reasons they made an acquisition and uh, one of the reasons why they decided to stay put there is because they had great, they would get great on-campus recruiting. The problem is they didn't have the leadership. So they went to us and, you know, during the 2009 and 2010 uh, financial crisis. I mean, the city kept us busy because we were basically unretained to find senior leadership and people did move out there and relocate. The biggest problem is you're kind of, like Peter said, you're handcuffed, right? Um, where else are you going to go? You know, Deutsche Bank's in Jacksonville. What other major bank is in Jacksonville? If, even if they want to stay, there's, you know, Bank of New York's in Lake Mary, which is close to Orlando, which is a three-hour commute. So it's, you know, and city has operations in Tampa, which is not commutable. So there, there is that. I mean, we still believe, especially Peter, believe that New York's the center of the world, especially here in the United States. Um, I do think that, you know, the, the exodus right now, if that continues, and that means that people are going to be more virtual. Um, but, you know, the city does attract young people, young people from all over the country, um, all over different industries. So, you know, again, until we see the New York City come back in not just a professional manner, um, but, you know, bars and restaurants and theater and retail open up, you know, it's, it's all got to come together in order for this to get going again. And listening to your great podcast uh, of, the, of the past before we did this, we, I listened to uh, Sarah Thompson talk about uh, real estate and uh, what's happening and how young people are gobbling up apartments and and uh, she sees an influx of that happening now. So there it is. There's the beginning of a re-emergence uh, in New York. And we target a lot of these startups and middle-sized companies. So we are not, we, we don't necessarily even want to work with those much larger firms as much as the mid-level firms where you have a more intimate relationship and uh, it's just easier to to, to communicate and to get this job done well. So, so we are excited about all the new companies that will be coming here. And, uh, and uh, so it, it actually will just help us. We'll be looking all over the country for the larger companies, and we'll be satisfying the small to mid-sized firms that are going to be sprouting up here in New York. Well, it sounds like a very exciting future. Uh, before we wrap up, I wanted to give both of you an opportunity. If there's something we didn't cover that you want to uh, tell our listeners uh, about uh, your business or about the future of uh, business in New York, uh, I wanted to give you an opportunity to do that. How about you, Anthony? Is there anything else that, that you'd want us to, uh, uh, to address to us that we haven't covered so far? 
Well, well, first, Howard, I want to thank you for having us both on today. It was, uh, it was very informa- uh, great podcast and topics to be covered. It's something we discuss every day, so thank you for that. Um, both Peter and I are very optimistic, where uh, Peter's definitely more than I am. <laughs> That's that Everyone knows that who works with Feldman, what have you. Um, but I do feel, you know, it's going to take some uh, leadership um, from the private sector to really um, – you know, get New York City back humming the way it was and buzzing the way it was. Um, I do think that we, um, I do think there's still a, uh, a future in New York. So for those who, as Peter mentioned, want to buy real estate and apartments, I do think it's a great time because it's on the low. Um, I believe that so many companies are embedded here, all different types of industry are centered here in New York City. It's not that easy to pick up and leave. And, and one of the things if you're going to do that, it has to be more than one. You can't just go to Nashville and start a retail sector. You know, Hugo Boss can't go there just because it's cheaper. They have to be together because, like as Peter mentioned earlier, there is a talent pool. There is a talent pool around the New York metropolitan area that you just don't get anywhere else. And for that reason, I still think that we, you know, I'm sure the city will change a little bit. Companies will move certain segments out of the city, but it'll still be the center of, of, of the world. That's, I really believe uh, that. I hope you're right. And Peter, is there anything you want to add? No, I'm I'm, I'm right there. I, I, I want everyone to know that the Good Kind Group has uh, been around since 1991 uh, through a few iterations and then relaunched again uh, seven years ago. And we're still known as one of the top firms out there for integrity and uh, professionalism. And uh, if they're either looking for a job or, or they are looking for a person or people, uh, this is one of the great firms to come to. Well, how should they and, contact uh, you? You want to give some contact information as to how they should uh, contact you? Well, our okay. website, uh, thegoodkindgroup.com, is uh, a good one. We just uh, re- re-upped it, and, uh, and we think it's pretty good. And, uh, and they can also just reach out to Peter at the Good Kind Group, or Anthony at the Good Kind Group. It's that easy, uh, and we will connect them to the right resource. Well, I I, uh, I know they're going to get uh, great service if they do. I've used them. My whole yeah, firm has used them in the past. Yeah, God, I'm sorry, Anthony. Yes, thank you. No, I was just going to say we're both very active on LinkedIn as well as our company. Um, I I would I would um, uh, give advice for your followers to follow our uh, LinkedIn. Follow us on LinkedIn. We have very good content. Our social media manager puts on, she updates it a couple times a week. We have great articles on air, uh, great tips about the industry, about hiring, about interviewing. Just really that covers anything in, 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 that, you know, covers many different topics. Um, I, I make sure I edit them every week. So um, we're very proud to say we have a lot of followers. Um, please follow us on that. And you can always connect with us and reach us on LinkedIn as well. Well, I want to thank both of you. And uh, if, uh, if you need any other contact information, the, uh, the person to contact would be Tony Ann, T-O-N-I-A-N-N-E at the strategic, at the strategic forum.com uh, or myself at Getz Fitzpatrick, uh, the New York law firm. Well, thank uh, you both, uh, Peter and Anthony. And I think it's been a great pod- podcast and uh, looking forward to working with you in the future. Take care. Thanks for having us, Howard. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Be well. Take care.